gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers. And kind of a sad podcast because I'm actually doing this ahead of time because we have to put Rommel, uh, my dog, that really helped me get established in the Labrador Retriever world and also was the star of our TV show, Sporting Dog Adventures. He's at the end of days and we are going to be putting him down uh, in the near future. I wanted to do the show before I put him down because I don't know how composed I'm going to be talking about him once he's passed. It is so hard to put dogs down and being in the dog world and the dog industry. It's something that I deal with on numerous occasions. We lost my male picket, who was also the other main star of the show uh, a couple of months ago at uh, 13 years old. And now Rommel at 15 and a half is, it, it's just time. He he no longer can get around and walk. Uh, it's It's something that We've spent probably about $500 a month for the last year on de-inflammatories and different treatments to help him, but we're at the point now where it would be irresponsible for us uh, to still have him around. Um, Rama will go off to the Rainbow Bridge. If people don't know, Rainbow Bridge is where we meet our dogs after we pass, where they're waiting for us on the other side. They are free of disease free of illness. They're young and they can run again. Um, Rama will also be there with Pickett, Dixie, Lily, Lucy, and uh, my son Cole when I get there. Uh, I don't know how long this podcast will last. What I want to do is talk about Rommel in general and then talk about training Rommel and then talk about hunts with Rommel. More than likely, it's going to be a long-winded podcast, so please follow along because I can't make something short and concise about a dog that has meant so much to me, to our TV show, and in my opinion, the industry, than Rommel has. So we'll start out first with where I bought Rommel. I bought Rommel from a wonderful family up in Minnesota. I was looking for a dog that would throw uh, chocolate because I wanted to strengthen my lines and my love of chocolate labs. So I basically found a line from a male called Running with the Devil. 
and he threw all three colors. <clears throat> and this family had a chocolate female that they had bred to running with the devil. That uh, the female was master title. He's a field, ch- the male's field champion. And I took a flyer and a risk and bought Rommel for at the time what was quite a bit of money. But I did it because I wanted to build my breeding program. I still remember going up to get him. I went up. I asked the folks, I'm like, which is the nicest puppy in the litter uh, for black males? They pointed to Mr. Rommel, put him in the car, and away we went. It was, I guess, the, the neat part for me is this is my beginning in the dog world. I had been struggling to get myself established. I knew I needed a really good dog that I could put time into and grow with and learn with. And this was my dream. And that's something that when I'm breeding dogs, I always look at that stuff and realize that when I'm sending a puppy home with someone, it's their dream. You are sending a dream home with them, whether it be a dream of the greatest pet that rides shotgun in the truck, the dream of a wonderful hunting dog, the dream of a competition dog, or all the above. You're sending home that dream, and Rama was indeed my dream. He was the first dog that I bought that was outside of the lines that I started with for breeding and I had such high expectations. We ran Rommel in hunt tests. Many of his failings, uh, when he did when he did fail, he did great up until uh, he hit the master level. They were my failings. I didn't work enough on groundwork and building the base of Rommel as a dog. You often hear me say that you need to build your base of your of your training on your dog, or everything will come crumbling down. Rommel came crumbling down, even though. He was just a special dog to work with. He just had issues with his line manners, running competition where he would break. He would get very loose. And it's something that I allowed to perpetuate for years and probably never got it totally fixed. But that dog was just something special. You could tell when you worked with him that he was different than other dogs I'd worked with in my young career in the dog world. Hunting-wise, he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal retriever. I would say out of all my dogs, Pickett was the strongest upland dog I had, but Rommel overall was the strongest dog I had. He would run blind retrieves up to 400 to 500 yards, and he would just plow through anything on trust that he had with me. I still remember on a hunt we did in Kansas, we were with Rod Hadel of Hadel Calls, and Rommel had about a 400-yard blind retrieve. There were swales in the field, uh, swales like a grass area where it would be a creek, but they leave the grass grow so that it doesn't erode, that he had to go in, going up a slight incline. So he had to go through these different breaks in cover as well as terrain, and he did it in two whistles. And Rod Hado looked at me, and it wasn't for TV. He looked at me and he shook my hand. He said, I've never seen a dog do something like that. That was awesome. Sadly, we lost that footage. Uh, it was back when you when you videoed on tape. And uh, we, we lost the footage, so I didn't get to share that with people. But he would do things like that where other dogs would be good on a blind retrieve or a retrieve out to 150 yards. Rommel just had some innate drive and ability that he would just power through to wherever you wanted him to go. And 
that honestly is 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 what made him special, and it's what we used to build our kennel to help make our kennel special. Rommel sired sixty three litters, so if you factor in the fat, uh, the the quotient that every litter is eight to twelve puppies, there were a ton of dogs out there. Rommel also was synonymous with our TV show, and I have gotten more and more messages over the years saying that myself, Rommel, and Pickett got them involved where they got their own dog. They watched our show, they watched my dog's progress, and they wanted to have their own dogs and work with their own dogs in the field. And ultimately, that was my goal of the show. One, it was to advertise our kennel, of course, but two, it was to spread the love of dogs and dogs working in the field. And I meet many people that have a dog named Rommel, and I kind of chuckle because I'm sure a lot of those people heard our show, saw our dogs online, and thought, wow, what a cool name, and ultimately named their dog that. So what a great honor, very humbling. But it is something that I wished everyone could just meet Rommel the dog. He is and always has been a dog that we would always say, he, he would say stuff was weird. He would kind of always look at stuff like, yeah, that's weird. He only barked and growled when he was sleeping. Never barked or growled when he was awake. But he is really fierce when he's sleeping. And the uh, to the weird thing, I still remember we got him back after running hunt tests. And at the time, I had a shower in my, in my master bathroom. He would sleep in the shower stall because it was similar size to what a kennel is. So... He would just do things that he felt comfortable with, and uh, and it would just translate to where he just he just looked at stuff as being weird. He got over that over the years. When we would travel, he, I would take a crate into a hotel room, and he would stay in the crate the entire time. Eventually, it got to the point where, yeah, he got over that, and uh, I still remember we went to uh, Montana filming uh, for a Cabela's uh, opening when I was sponsored by Cabela's uh, in Missoula, Montana, and it was a it, it was a no dogs allowed hotel, and I had to explain to them that Rommel was indeed a star, and showed them the show, and they gra- they graciously allowed uh, Rommel to stay there. And then I took a bunch of pictures because Rommel's first thing was, yeah, I'm a star, and he slept right on the bed. He's up on there with the white sheets. Yeah, I went and got a blanket out of the truck so we didn't leave, you know, dog hair everywhere. But he eventually got over the things being weird and and, and just got to the point where he's like, yeah, I'm over it. I'm a dog. I'm gonna sleep on furniture. But he's just a quirky personality that always was just rearing to go. Uh, it's funny because people will talk about their dogs getting excited when they see a training collar, a gun. Rommel would get more than amped up when I got out camera gear. Rommel realized that camera gear equaled we are going to hunt. So it's funny because what everyone else would see as dogs being fired up when we're when they're grabbing a gun and hunting gear. When we grabbed filming gear, that's when Rommel knew it was on. It was uh, always hard to leave him back, especially as he got older. We had bought our property up in central Wisconsin that we ran uh, for a short time at Soggy Acre Signature Lodge. Still have the property. We just don't, uh, we, we just aren't hosting, and hosting hunts anymore. But I remember taking clients out to a blind that was probably a quarter mile, about a half mile from the house, and noticing something something in the water and thinking, God, is that a muskrat? Is it this or is it that? As I was driving the Argo back, and it was Rommel. He had chased after the Argo and was following me, and he would be damned if he was going to be left behind. Now, at the time, he was 11 years old. 
the uh, spot that we or the property that we own is very difficult on dogs. So I, I didn't hunt him on it except for in our short film, The Last Hunt, because of the fact that he was getting older. But it was still, it showed the drive. It showed his love for hunting. And it was just, he was just that dog. Uh, another fun story, I remember being on a teal hunt where we shot 34 teal, and he he just dominated. Did so awesome. We did great shooting. We were with uh, four people that just were lights out shooting. We shot, I believe, 12, 9, and 8 in different volleys, and Rommel would just go out and just, just kick butt. I mean, just speed retrieving. We got done. We, we, we were done with the hunt. We got everything loaded up, and, and we were wondering where the dog was. And we looked back, and he was sitting on the dog ramp waiting for more birds. He was not done hunting. He said, limits be damned, let's keep hunting. And he was sitting there on the duck blind on the dog ramp waiting for uh, the next volley of birds. So it was just the fun stuff like that are the things that take you take away from it. Uh, the, the kind nature, the gentle nature of Rommel as a dog... And as a companion, it, it's it's stuff that I will always remember. It's hard, as I'm getting choked up here, it's hard because I tell people you never replace a dog, and you absolutely don't. You just start a different chapter in a book. And wow, am I going to have a huge book uh, of, of my, my dog world once I, I get to that point, but it still doesn't make it any easier uh, to lose them. I've gotten to watch Rommel slowly deteriorate as we've tried everything, and now his body is telling us it's time. I don't know what's better, if it's dogs going quickly, uh, getting time to spend with them. It's just hard no matter what because they just don't live long enough. You wished they lived longer. You wished that you could have so much more time with them. Uh, I know there's that adage that uh, all dogs go to heaven. I know there's some that say that dogs don't go to heaven. I can honestly say with a straight face, if dogs are not allowed to heaven, I will not go. I'll figure out where the dogs are and go there. In my opinion, they're angels. They are such a pure animal and such a pure friend that we can have that all they want is love and that's all they give back is just love and affection. And it is something that Looking back on Rommel's life, he was a dog that was dedicated to me, to my family, and also to the cause of getting more people involved in the dog world. And he's, he's, he's a special dog to my family, but I know he's a special dog to many other people. So, again, we're putting this podcast out after uh, Rommel's gone. Uh, it's a day before we're... we're going to be putting him down. He loves bread. Uh, Rommel actually would eat a loaf of bread over a, over a steak. So we're, we're, we're spoiling him with everything he wants. We're making his day special, uh, his last few days special, spending time with him. But it is something that as you listen to this, um, Rommel's in heaven. He's, he's in a better place. He's in a place where he can run, he can play. I'm sure he's out hunting with my son. And it'll be it'll be a great day uh, when I get to see him again. So we're going to end this part of the podcast. And the next part, get myself collected here, we're going to talk about 
Rommel's training and the different idiosyncrasies and issues I had with Rommel when I was working with him. We'll have that and more coming up. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up. Follow us. Subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Welcome back to the show. The next part of our show is going to be training and training Rommel in specific. Rommel was the first dog that I had that had... I don't know, almost superpowers as far as his ability. It was a dog that you just could tell he had it. I've trained a lot of dogs now, and I've, I've bred a lot of dogs and had my own dogs and, and know what that it is, but at the time, I didn't. Um, my first dog, Lilybell, probably had it, but I was so poor at training that she ran me in the field. So there wasn't any training. It was more she allowed me to enjoy what she did and sometimes listened so Rommel was to the point where I was starting to understand training and some of the mistakes I made with him, I would work with him too long. He was literally a dog that you could work with for hours on end. No matter if it was fun, pre- putting pressure on him or both, but he would still want to run. Now, the mistakes I made, I would notice that he would start to get a little sluggish and a little off. He still had a great attitude, but the learning aspect of it showed me early on training him that I needed to keep my training times between 15 and 30 minutes, even though he was a dog that would work multiple hours. It just got to the point where he would get sloppy on things and didn't have full attention because of the fact that it was too long. So. He taught me a lot in that, but he also taught me what it's like to train that perfect dog and what it's like to train a dog that just goes. He is a, it's the type of dog that a lot of people that will get into dog training, they'll have a couple of dogs like a Rommel that are, that are easier to train. And then they struggle when they get to the dogs that maybe have more issues. And Rommel is definitely the dog that you could take the book and go step-by-step with a book. And I used uh, Tritronics Retriever training with uh, the Dobbs family. And uh, I could go step-by-step, and he would just do it. And he was a dog that, honestly, as you're working with him, you're patting yourself on the back like, wow, I'm really good at this. So with that, I'm moving along in my training of Rommel. And I'm chugging through everything because, hey, he gets it. I wasn't spending enough time on certain steps and proofing those steps. And I was moving along without completing what I should have because it was so fun to teach this dog that would just go and go and go more and more things. And ultimately what I struggled on was when we started running multiple marked retrieves, we had some braking issues. Now, 
he should have been pulled from competition until we fixed those breaking issues. But we ran him time and time again. So again, mistake number two. We kept running him in situations where we couldn't correct him. And it basically grew the monster. Looking back on it, it was never funny then, but it's funny now. On a double, so two birds going down, Rommel would sit watching the first bird go down. When the second bird went off and the shot was fired, he would take off and break. He would know he was in trouble and hit the jets. And I'm telling you, he could damn near catch that bird on the fly and usually would at least catch it when it bounced off the ground. But he, uh, it, it was something where I learned that you do need to, even if you have that dog that is just flying through training, take your time to completely proof stuff so that you have a dog that is solid on a step before you go to the next step. So it was almost the, the, the high quality of Rommel made it more difficult for me because I was in such a hurry to go to the cool things, to go to handling blind retrieves, all that fun stuff. And I didn't spend enough time on the groundwork. I didn't spend enough time on the e-collar, uh, reinforcement, obedience, uh, working with that stuff in the yard as well as in the field. And that's where he struggled. But overall, he was probably the most fun dog that I have worked with on that stuff and that I've trained on that stuff. Ran him in competition. It is just, it's something where I look back on it and I just think, what an animal. I still remember I was running him in, uh, oh gosh, I was running him in uh, uh, season test in HRC. And for whatever reason, I didn't work with him when he was on a leash. So I'm working with him on a uh, taking him up to the to the bucket on a leash, and he's just out of control. The minute I take a leash off, he was under control. So against what they would suggest, I would walk up without the leash on him, because when we are at one, he'd knocked over everything uh, on site at the uh, area where you're supposed to sit with your dog. Probably doesn't help your scores when the dog knocks over buckets and, and bird holders, but uh, it was something that. I learned to work with a dog on a leash first. Oh gosh, I still remember working with Rommel in a holding blind. Didn't have holding blinds. You get to the first time he sees a holding blind and he is just all about getting out of that holding blind and looking and watching. So learn different things that, that I've passed on to many uh, with Rommel in my training. But the sheer talent of Rommel was why I sped along with him. Because my gosh, I got this dog and I could tell he's special. And it was it was such that the, the his his talent level basically drew me like a moth to the flame away from finishing steps. And and at the time I didn't know that I had to finish these steps anyway. I thought I had finished them, but it showed me as I've told people when your dog falls apart at one step, you need to go back a few steps to fix where the dog fell apart and not just keep running him. And again, that was where we screwed up too. We kept running him and perpetuating him and getting him to the point where it was really a pain in the butt to fix him, but. As far as training Rommel, what a dream. He was such a great dog to train and such a great dog to work with. So that's it for the training part of the show. Next up, we're going to talk about some of the favorite hunts I had of Rommel in the field. All that and more coming up after this. Jeff Fuller again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. 
check out Mac Outdoors. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere, but she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels, and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate, but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical, as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Hey, welcome back to the show. Again, this is a tribute to my guy, Soggy Acres, Desert Fox, Master Hunter. His name is Rommel. Uh, he's passed, and I just wanted to have an episode where I talked about him, how special he was to my family, to my kennel, to the retriever world. And this would be the last part, which will be talking about the fun hunts that I took Rommel on. Uh, very blessed to have filmed nine seasons of a national TV show. Uh, that was mine, Sporting Dog Adventures, hence the name of the podcast. And Rommel and I got to go all across North America on some really, really cool hunts. He, I still remember Rommel on our first hunt to Canada uh, the year before. I actually thought we were going to have to put him down because he had a... Something was wrong with him. Ultimately, it turned out to be anaplasmosis, which is a tick-borne. Uh, he couldn't stand. I was talking to my vet. We couldn't figure out what it was. Ultimately, did figure out what it was, treated him, and he was fine. But the next year, I told him, I'm like, hey, buddy, you are going to Canada. We are getting you up there. I think he was nine. And the first day, we'd always drive straight through when we had our filming trips. My camera guys hated it, but they were always younger than me. So I told them if I could hack it, they could. We drove straight through. We get to where we're going at 3 in the morning get a hour nap. And that day it was about a 45 mile an hour wind in the morning. I mean, the whole ride up, we were riding into a, a 40 to 60 mile an hour wind, huge front. I remember my, my, my vehicle at the time uh, was getting, uh, I think four to six gallons, uh, uh, miles to the gallon because of the seven foot tall decoy trailer that we were pulling. And we get up there. We're just dog tired because it was it was a brutal brutal trip it's windy they say they have a good field we're in Saskatchewan and wow was it a good field I think our limit at that time was 56 ducks we had seven guys it's eight ducks per guy it was a day you could have shot 200 ducks they were just working and because of the wind they would come in hard to our spread into the hole in the spread with the spinners they would just bomb in and they were right there. It was that hunt where the birds are finishing. You got great shooting. You had a great time. They had thought, the group that I was with thought that I just wanted Rommel out in the field. And I was fine having another dog. But for whatever reason, we get done setting up decoys and I'm like, hey, where's your dog? Oh, we didn't bring him. We didn't think you wanted him here. And I'm like, no, no, we could have had a second dog. So 56 ducks, Rommel had to retrieve every darn one of those birds and it was it was still a hunt that I probably will never have replicated I'll probably never see birds like that again as far as the tornadoes of birds and the amount it was special in so many ways and it was something that I'm glad Rommel got to share with us and we got to film with him on the show I then think back to when Rommel was 11 years old we did a short film on Rommel's last hunt. 
and it was called The Last Hunt. And it was, it was fun. We only shot one bird. We had plenty of birds working, but I wanted to get birds that just finished so that it was birds that we would definitely get falling on camera. He would have it easier because he was getting older. We shot one triple curl uh, greenhead, and that bird is still uh, up at our up at our hunting shack. It was neat getting to spend it with Rommel, neat getting to give him a spotlight. The funny thing is, we're back home, and my camera guy is uh, is getting getting his stuff packed. I look out, and there's a Drake wood duck, just a beautiful wood duck, sitting on my pond right by my house. So it's duck season. I snuck out. Uh, I will fully admit that I popped it on the water because I wanted Rommel to have one last retrieve on a bird that was special and on a bird that was just beautiful. And I got that bird mounted too. I have the two birds together uh, up at our up at our place, and those are Rommel's last two retrieves that he made. Uh, different states he hunted in. Man, that dog hunted in Louisiana. Uh, he's hunted in Arkansas, Kansas, Oklahoma, Illinois, Wisconsin. Saskatchewan. I mean, I know I'm missing some Colorado he's hunted in. Uh, I know I'm missing stuff. Let's see, South Dakota. He's hunted North Dakota. The dog's hunted more places than most people have and and probably retrieved thousands of birds between upland and waterfall. He was a versatile dog. Uh, on the upland side of things, he was he was so solid in the field. If a bird went down, you knew that he was going to bring it back. We hunted at a place called Kessler Canyon with Rommel. That was uh, for Upland, which I still remember the the people that were running the place told me that the pictures on the wall were $500,000. And I had to tell my kids, I do not do not touch anything. But if you can imagine that type of a place to hunt, you're up in the mountains. We were hunting chuckers, quail, pheasants. We got to hunt in that atmosphere. We would go to South Dakota every year and just get those classic pushes where you're just get to the end of the field with blockers and the, the whole field would just explode with birds. And again, he was such a fine dog. If a bird went down, there were, I could probably count on, on, on one hand how many birds he ever, he lost that ever got away from him. He would always have that determination to get stuff done. I used him as a shed dog. Heck, I, I, I remember a, a shed hunt we did in Illinois along with the turkey hunt there. We went down there, and uh, gosh, he found 150 class sheds. I mean, it was uh, he was such a versatile dog, and I have so many good memories with him on hunts that I will I will be able to put away in my Rolodex. The other thing we have is a lot of great imagery from Rommel. He was a dog that was used for marketing campaigns for multiple multiple brands. Uh, when, when I was like. Hunting, uh, hunting ambassador for Cabela's, a waterfall ambassador. Rama was in some of their ads. Uh, we did so many different product shoots with him, and he's appeared and represented the hunting community in so many ways. So I hope throughout this podcast, everyone can sense what a special dog he was. When we look at influential things in the hunting industry. I look at Rommel as being one of the dogs that taught people the love of dogs because we focused on him in the field, showed him for all of his positive attributes and what a great animal he was. And I hope that that really helps people as they get into dogs themselves. So thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Give your dog a hug for me. God bless.
Sporting dog adventures Run, boy, run Everything you need is here Under the sun Everything you need is here Under the sun